You are listening to Packers Talk Radio Network. PackersTalk.com Do you want to experience the thrill of a Packers game at Lambeau Field? If so, be sure to get your game tickets from the longtime trusted source in Wisconsin, Ticket King. Visit their locations in Milwaukee and Green Bay or just go to their website, theticketking.com. Again, that's theticketking.com. It's Packers Therapy. It's Chris and Dave. Uh, Chris in the middle of Wisconsin. Dave in the middle of uh, Mississippi River, right by the stainless steel arch. Uh, on the shores of St. Louis, Missouri. You know, Dave, that is, I, I do believe that is where the Lewis and Clark expedition headed west, right from St. Louis. I think they met under the arch, as I recall. Yeah, I think they, they did. And then they said, like, you want, you feel like going west? And they said, sure, where should we, where should we meet? Like, what about that big arch thing that's sitting there? Um, I think that's right. What you know, I guess there's two ways to think of St. Louis. One is that it is the the gateway to the west. It's where Lewis and it Clark is. struck out and went west and discovered, you know, uh, amazing things and people that, and land, right? They discovered oh. amazing things that were always there. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Uh yeah. Wait wait a wait to make it not as special. But yeah, other people have said no no, St. Louis is a monument to people who went West got to the Mississippi and said, eh, this is far enough. <laughs> so we're a bunch of like lazy bums. <laughs> so it depends on how you want to look at it. Well, I am just glad that you were able to pull yourself out of the water and join us to talk about uh, the Packers uh, victory. I mean, and we've had, we've had precious few of those uh, this season to talk about. Packers go to eight and five. They beat the hated bear. By the uh, you know, well, I, I'm sorry. Did I say eight and five? I think you did, I, yeah. was, you, I was. You're I was so hopeful. conditioned to say it. Yeah, the other I way. was hopeful. Yeah, that, but that ain't happening. And five and eight then. Uh, Packers will beat the Bears. And the great thing about that, though, is now the Packers are the all-time winningest NFL franchise. And you'd kind of hope, being, you know, the oldest franchise along with the Bears, that one of those two teams you'd like to think are going to be the winningest because otherwise you got problems. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, well, and that yeah. record – Although, you know, I, I don't I didn't hear um, a lot this week about the celebration being the most winningest uh, franchise in NFL history, because it's not like breaking the fastest mile. And it's going <laughs> to or Olympic record, which it's going to take another four years. Look, in two weeks, yeah. we could bears could be in front. Right. Like, right, exactly. Th- this is uh, what, what does it mean to be the winningest? It's going to be it, it, we could easily lose this. It could go back and forth. Well, are we going to every third week? We're, ah, we're back first. Ah, we lost it. We're back. Um, I, I, I guess it's nice, but it, I think it's the kind of thing you care about when you're a five and 18 or the bears were about three and nine coming in, I guess. Yeah. Um, I think that those are the kinds of things that you think about in a season like that. But I, hey, guess, so. I guess it's, it's better than not being the all time winningest 
team in NFL history. So there, so there's that. The other thing about it, though, is I think one reason people don't talk about it is because the Bears have always been, at the end of every season in NFL history, the Bears have always been, you know, the winningest franchise. Now, maybe this is what we pay attention to. Packers got four games left. Um, maybe their goal for the rest of the season becomes we want to leave the 2022 season as the first team other than the Bears to be the winningest team in NFL history at the end of this particular season. So you got yeah. something to play for them, maybe. Yeah. Well, I guess I think the Bears have tried their best to tank the season. I, I, I'm looking at their roster, and I still – we talked about a little bit at the uh, fifth quarter podcast that we did on the for our Patreon uh, listeners, but you know, you're right. Jack Sanborn is a, is a former mm. Wisconsin Badger. So we, we should like Jan, Jack Sanborn. But if you go down that list, uh, from there, uh, very few people I've ever heard of before. Um, are you a big fan of Nicholas Murrow? Uh, oh, yeah. Elijah huge, Hicks. Huge fan. Oh God. Uh, yes. Armin Watts. Oh, Army, Andre yeah. Houston Carson, you know, all, it, all three of those guys. I love them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, um, I, yeah, I, yeah. I'm as much as I like to stick it to the Bears as the next person, but uh, and I remember the '80s when the Bears would kick mm. us around. Oh and God! Yeah. George Cumby got run over by the fridge and that <laughs> whole thing. It's been so long ago, though, Chris. I, I it's, in some of the things I've been listening, reading, it's like you know I'm I'm not happy the Packers won. I'm glad the Bears lost. It's I'm happy because we continue to pound them because of this rivalry that we have with them. I don't know. I think at this point, it's been such a pathetic rivalry. It's been so one-sided. Does it excite you at all anymore that you beat the Bears? I just to be honest, I, I have a hard time. Like I was watching the game with a Bear fan, and uh, I found myself like when they got blocked the field goal, I felt like consoling him more than like, yeah, I was, <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, Mike, I'm so sorry. Uh, <laughs> I felt bad for him. So, um, well, you know, I, you ask a good question. Um, I think the reason the bear thing matters to me, um, is because of its, you know, proximity to Wisconsin. If, uh, people overseas aren't familiar with the geography of the United States, you know, Chicago is, is just a few miles from the Wisconsin border. It's, uh, you know, uh, from downtown Milwaukee to downtown Chicago, like an hour and a half, you know, it, yeah. it's, a, it's, it's very geographically proximate. Right. So that's one thing. And, and you grew up in the Southeastern part of the state and yeah, very close and, to Illinois border. Yeah. And I, you know, and I spent, you know, nine years of my upbringing in Milwaukee during the late 60s. And, you know, that's when they had the blackouts of games and stuff like that. And, you know, the Bears at that point, you know, the Bears had won a championship in the 60s and the rivalry was still, you know, very much alive. The Bears had been such a good franchise for a long time. So I kind of grew up with the idea that the Bears would be hated because the Vikings at that point were pretty new. They they only started out in the early 60s, the Vikings did, and the Packers never really had much of a rivalry with the Lions. So, you know, that is a kind of a part of my history, and so that's one reason why I care about it. I also care about it because I was so sick of the Bears uh, in the middle 80s. I was living in uh, Janesville for a couple of years, uh, which, you know, is pretty close. Uh, it, it's yeah, it's it's in the far south central part of uh, Wisconsin. You're not far from Chicago there. Chicago radio blasts into Janesville and 
the Bears were just the toast of the town, you know, the whole Ditka thing, and they had a great team. Then, of course, the world knew about the Super Bowl shuffle. Uh, it was nausea. It was just, you know, it was just fucking painful. Let's let's put it right out there. So that's another reason why the Packers can't can't beat the Bears enough for me, because those were really tough years. So I have really been enjoying the Far Rogers years, where both guys have owned uh, that franchise, and it has been uh, delightful. Sure. Then you overlay, uh, you know, they have this historic. Um, they played over 200 times, right? There's a historic rivalry that way. And the Packers have finally edged in front of the Bears in the all-time series. Well, that's another reason that this takes on some value. And then this last thing about, you know, the NFL's all-time, you know, winning his team. So if it weren't for those factors where you're heads up competing with the Bears on so many fronts, geographically and just in the, they're they're both kind of like siblings, you know, kind of born in the same year. Um, these are things that make that rivalry resonant for me as a Packers fan for you know 55 years, and that's why it still matters to me. Even though in reality the real rivalry is more with the Vikings these days, another state that is, you know, right next door, right adjacent to Wisconsin. There's a lot of interplay back and forth. Uh, demographically, you know, those people who live in Minnesota and are Vikings fans are very much like the demographics of the Packers fans. That's probably more the real rivalry these days. But the historic rivalry that I grew up with was with the Bears. Well, you described the history of it all really great, but I, I have to admit, and uh, when they had personalities like Erlacher and Cutler, yeah. mm -hmm. uh, you know, Peanut Tillman, who was always punch oh, balls out for fumbles yeah. and, yeah. Uh, you know, and then you go back to Walter Payton and, and the 85 mm -hmm. team and Sweetness. all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, this team is, uh, has no personality whatsoever. And, um, you know, and, and I guess, you know, I would like to have seen the Packers do is to take a team like that and to just really take them apart and, <laughs> Yeah. And, and and off you go. And and the score ended up, you know, being really looks like it wasn't close, but it was much closer. Oh, than yeah. That. Um, and I wanted to ask you, too. So one that was my one question is, you know, does this did you feel really great about the game and beating the Bears? Because it's just <laughs> we're all kind of racing to the bottom. And in fact, I went back with my buddy, Mike, and we watched we uh, they asked if we wanted one bill or two at I had to watch it at uh, Buffalo Wild Wings, which. You know the food at Buffalo Wild Wings is is not the best. It's no. it's really not the best. It's um, it is food of a sort. It is it's it, yes. Isn't that their slogan? Buffalo Wild Wings. <laughs> it's food of a sort. <laughs> well, I asked for uh, I wanted to be somewhat healthy, so I got the boneless chicken nuggets that are grilled, and then I was like, "Ooh, can I get like a dry rub instead of the sauce?" And wait, they wait, gave me a. They give you a dry rub at Buffalo Wild I think I need to go there more often. No, that's painful. You don't want a dry rub. Uh, <laughs> I'll take your word for it on that. Yeah. Uh, but what they did is they gave me a little cup with like uh, like uh, whatever the stuff was like as dust. It was uh, it was just so I had to like dip it. In, oh, it was just like eh, whatever. Anyway, but we got the check and she said one or two. And I said, oh, just one check. And I said, all right, Mike, let's. Uh, the winner paid. Oh, I said, wait, maybe the loser. Like, what is winning here? Like, is are, are the loser winning because of the draft pick position, or is the winner a real winner? And we decided, like, no, no, we should do it right. The winner has to pay, and um, the because uh, the other, actually, I, we 
you probably could make the loser pay since you lost, but it, you know, I, I felt obligated to pay because I just felt painful for him as a Bear fan, and he had no hope. Even though we, it's like you don't understand how bad the Packers are this year. He just felt, look, the Bears never beat the Packers. Something bad's going to happen. Something bad's going to happen. And then as soon as they started to get the turnovers and the penalties and the fumbles, he was like, "There you go." It's uh, I was waiting for this the whole time, and once you know he was right, the Packers came back and won. But I did not feel great about the victory, right? I, I, I don't know if I learned anything new outside of Christian Watson uh, that uh, I didn't know before uh, when this team was four, four and eight. Um, how did you well, feel about it? You know, I, I, um, I think the question is, and I think the question we should explore is, is Christian Watson great or the greatest Packer? Uh, <laughs> that's what we need to. Did you did you see the thing on uh, Twitter where somebody had um, you know taken a picture of the Hudson Center and they put Christian Watson's name over Don Hudson's name? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I've heard some mockery of of that. Yeah, the the greatest Packer of all time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Next, we're going to see somebody's going to Photoshop his name onto the facade of the stadium. You know, along with James Lofton and yeah, Charles Woodson. Yeah. So, right, right. How uh, quickly you forget, you know, we, although I also saw like uh, someone said, Devontae Adams is worth every penny the Raiders have paid him. Um, and I see like he's got three touchdowns. I don't know. The, the dude gets like 20 targets a game, and like just like with us. I mean, uh, we, we might have had a better receiver even last year. We might even still have a better receiver on the team. I don't know where Christian Watson is, but it is funny to, to yeah. talk about it that way. You know, I. I, I know I, Devontae Adams, great player. I was watching some highlights of him today, as a matter of fact. And yeah, it would be great to have that guy. I, it, there's this incredible, uh, you know, route that he ran. You know, he, he gets off the line, he beats the jam, and he goes down and d does a crossing pattern. And the guy, the poor defender, you know, cr crosses over, trips on his own feet, you know, falls down. Devontae is wide open. You know, the guy's, the guy's great. The guy's special. Yeah. Um, but are the Raiders that good? No, no. I mean, it, it's, there's only so much, even if you throw to him 20 times a game and he catches 15, I don't know if that necessarily makes you better. We, we talked about this for years. You know, the offense was really out of balance. We even saw it in the playoff game where you're forcing it to this guy. Um, I don't know that I think you'd be better off just having really solid, you know, good guys, three or four of them that you can count on and that you're not trying to have a stud guy that you're always forcing the ball to. Yeah. Um, now, I don't know. Is Christian Watson now that he's he's kind of entering the record books? He's he's being mentioned alongside guys like Randy Moss, you know, because <laughs> he's, he's got these eight touchdowns in four games. Um, I got to say, uh, and I, I don't think you're old enough to remember uh, James Lofton. I can't oh, remember. I, no, you. I do. Oh, sure. I, yeah. Uh, you might remember the the Packers did a lot of end around stuff with Lofton and, you know, more than one occasion, the guy would, you know, take it 70 yards for a touchdown. I mean, he was, he was a world-class track athlete he was a triple jumper and so the guy could really you know jump and stride he was outstanding and when christian when christian watson took that you know uh handoff around left end and got the one block that he needed from uh watkins uh and he was gone and you could just you know see you that this see guy it. yeah oh right. yeah right away I mean, it, was, it was no contest the guy's tremendous 
but he has six targets as a receiver. That's good because Lazard was targeted six times and Jones was five. And so there was a lot of a lot of guys getting involved. You couldn't key on one guy. I hope that now that he's emerging, this isn't going to be a thing where, you know, if uh, Christian Watson gets shut down or hurt, your offense is like it's it's out of whack entirely because there's nobody else that you can turn to. And that did have that feeling about. Devonte Adams that you know if he wasn't open or whatever the case might be that he wasn't effective then your offense was limited and I hope they don't now try to make him such a focal point of the offense uh, Watson here that they that they get out of whack again where they get lopsided that way right. now it's probably premature because you know he's a rookie and we don't really know what he's going to become and he's having a really good streak right now but if you look at the number of touchdowns he has this season he's got nine touchdowns this season i think he's got six receiving and three running i think i think that's what he has um he's like third among receivers in the nfl you know Devonte adams is in there and who am I forget? There's one. There's one other like brand name guy. Kill. Yeah, yeah, that's who it is. I, no, is it? no, no, no. It's the guy from uh, Buffalo. Um, oh, oh, yeah. He was in uh, the Vikings. Yeah, uh, yeah. That guy. yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm glad I wrote these things down before. Sure. Yeah. yeah. But uh, the good old what's his face. Is, good old what's his face. Yeah. Um, so you know, you have a case Diggs. right now. Yes, that's it. Stefan Diggs. Yeah. So you've got pretty good company there that Watson's keeping, and that's great and that's exciting uh but he is a rookie we really don't know what we have and i'm hoping though that he will be maybe the first among equals that they will get back dobbs and torre will you know be a nice complimentary third piece but they're guys that on any given week you know they could go off uh rather than just have that that one guy i guess what i'm talking about is a little bit like what the packers had for receivers you know 10 years ago you know when they had four or five guys uh when donald driver was still around james jones and greg jennings and jordy you know those are guys that you couldn't really just key on one guy because they all could hurt you in different ways randall cobb came into that mix so uh yeah i'm excited about the guy i'm excited about what he's done How, how could you not be excited about you know the run that he had i think i might have been more excited though dave about some of the regular routes that he ran and was able to get open for a 15 yard catch for a first down he was able to get open on the scramble drill for the touchdown those are the kinds of things that i think are going to be more important than the splash plays that he makes because it means that you know he can be a complete receiver and not just you know a guy that can you know beat guys long with his speed and you throw it to him like an MVS was for the Packers the past four years. Yeah, I agree with all of that. I, I like the, you know, I want to see him be able to catch a third and five for a first down once in a while. It's not just, you know, all big plays or, you know, it's, it's strikeouts or home runs, right? It's, it's, yeah. um, I want to see him do some of the, the dirty work, but uh, I think what's making him super successful, at least at this point is he's kind of a lurker, right? He's, he's like, he's there and you got to be careful and, and uh, you, you don't use him. You don't use him like, oh, it, it's not to Dylan. It's to Watson. And he's gone because you you're not expecting Watson to get it. It's like he's he's uh, it's sort of a surprise. I, and I do think, too, it looked like a couple of times that he's drawing coverage. And so, you know, if he does that, you don't force it into double coverage that you appreciate that 
one of the other guys is open because, you know, they're too afraid. You can't just single cover Watson. You know, you talk about Jordy Nelson, the years that he was really good, you know, he'd have these 60 yard touchdowns where it was like, how did he get so wide open? And and he would, you know, he'd, he the safety would end up being someplace else and he'd run down the sideline and cut across the field and that the corner would be trailing by five yards. And it's because they're paying attention to other people. Right. And you take advantage of who's open. And so that's because Cobb was doing work and Jennings was doing work. And um, so I hope that the Packers don't just feel like the wide receiver is, is set. Now we got Watson is great. And Dobbs, I think is a fine player. And then we've got Lazard and everything. I mean, I, I want them to continue to upgrade this position. I want Watson to be that threat but not the only threat like, you know, and, or that it's, he's a threat and then everyone else is, there's a big wide gap between Watson and someone else. Like I'd like another dangerous receiver that you really have to pay attention to so that Watson can get single coverage once in a while. Um, or he can be a surprise reverse player. Cause you're worried about some other things. So I, I hope in this off season, they get another Christian Watson if they could, or, and I certainly hope they upgrade the tight end They're yeah. I'm looking at, you know, the, you know, yeah. Robert Tunyon, yeah, is, I, that injury seems to have changed him. Yeah. I mean, I don't think he was ever a burner. He's never no. Travis Kelsey. No. But, uh, uh, you know, I would almost, um, if you could spend a top one or two pick on a tight end to, like, really be a difference maker at tight end. I mean, I, I, you've seen some teams that have a great tight end. The whole offense is is goes through that tight end a lot of ways. You saw it with Gronkowski and Kelsey mm-hmm. and some of these mm-hmm. really good players. Um you know, that I would spend some draft capital on a, on a tight end if you could. So I hope the Packers don't, the, the walk away from this season is all right. We sort of figured things out on offense. Our defense is a disaster. Let's go draft the highest rated defensive tackle again. Like I, I, I just think that's such a mistake that they do that route. I want to see them continue to upgrade this receiver and make Watson your, your a one, you know, to another a one or, you know, a, a two, and maybe you have another, that's, it's really good. I, I, I worry that, you know, it's going to take him still a while for him to be a true Randy Moss kind of player. That's, you know, can really stand out on his own. I think uh, one of the benefits of a guy like Christian Watson is what happened on the Dylan touchdown run, the, was it a 20 yard touchdown run, 21 yard touchdown right. run that he had. Right. And they put Watson in motion um, across the field, left to right. And, you know, that got the attention <laughs> of the Bears. And, you know, they moved guys around because of that. Well, guess what? As he goes in motions left to, to right, they ran the ball then to the left side of the field where guys had vacated because they were so attuned to Watson and that allowed that touchdown run to happen. Right. And that's one of those those benefits where he didn't touch the ball on that play, but he made an enormous difference just because of how defenses react to him. So that's the advantage of having a guy like that besides you know what he does with the ball in his hands. But it's also the threat of what he might do and what that makes defenses do. So this is a, this is a good development. This is an encouraging thing to, you know, put in place. I'm going to be very interested when they play the Rams after the bye, when Dobbs is back. Um, I would kind of see how those guys 
work together. I, you know, that, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not, I don't want to get ahead of myself here, but, you know, the James Lofton, John Jefferson thing, of course, that was complimented by a really good tight end, too. Uh, but when you have those kinds of options, it makes it really tough on defenses because you can't double somebody in those situations. You've got to, you know, play them more honest, and that just creates a lot of opportunities, and it should create opportunities in the running game as well. So it, it's it's exciting to see the fact that they have another, apparently another, second-round wide receiver uh, that is going to be a really, really good player for them. So I'm, um, I'm encouraged by that. Uh, more so than the fact that they won. This goes back to your initial uh, question, because, you know, they were trailing. It was 1910, right, at the end of the third quarter, and Packers scored 18 points in the fourth quarter to, to, to win 28-19. Uh, to 19. And that was great, but for the first three quarters of the game, I think the Bears really outplayed them. Oh, there's no question. And, and you know, there's – you got a missed field goal, which uh, it was you know, blocked, it was blocked, I think would have put right? them – yeah. yeah, it would have put, you know, at least uh, I guess Chicago is up by 1917. A field goal would have made a, a touchdown would have uh, uh, you need a touchdown to to get a lead. Right. Yep. So that sort of started. Then you had the two interceptions. So the Bears really imploded. I guess that's what they do. Um, and uh, 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 but, yeah, you can't say that Packers had a, a nice game. It, you know, if if the Packers are. What are we uh, five and eight? You know, if we're, t- um, t- you know, 10 and three instead um, you know, it's an ugly win, right? It's like, it happens. What's the big deal. But you know, this year, this kind of poor play is what we've seen. And they kind of p- played poorly on defense. There's a lot of ugliness on offense for three quarters. Um, you know, and uh, like the, the bears defense, uh, my buddy was saying, look, we've played every, our defense is so bad. Like we regularly are giving up high twenties into the thirties, even, I forget, uh, was it Dallas or someone or someone put up a lot of points against bears. Um, you know, the jets had a new quarterback last week and threw for three touchdowns and a really high quarterback game. He's like, well, it's cause it's against our defense is so terrible, but you know, for three quarters, we'd only scored 10 points and was looking pretty bad. So, um, yeah, I can't say that, you know, that this was, I'm encouraged about the Watson, the fourth quarter. Great. Um, and uh, that part is good. But, you know, for a lot of part of the game, it was still this broken. What are they doing? Do they, these, they're not, he's not on the right page with his receivers. And um, the ugly throw to Cobb, I think, is just mm. kind of a sign of, you know, just kind of a disarray a little bit. But uh, it certainly came together. And, you know, and I want to come back to that play where Watson is running to the right and they hand off to Dylan left. And like there's nobody there because the focus is on Watson. Um, I love that play, but it's for frustrated me in that. Why isn't that the kind of the offense all the time? Like why, why is it? It was so rare to see it. They got these players there. Like, how are they not figuring this out? Why is it just so unique that it happened at that moment? Oh, it's not a rhetorical question. Do you actually want me to respond to that? <laughs> I think I do like, right. Or do you agree with me? Like it's like, like it was, it was so, amazing to see but then i think why isn't this just kind of happening more regularly i mean that was i was shocked when it happened i was like yes that's how it's supposed to work and finally it's it's it it, it, it all came together and looked like an offense that is on the same page and working but uh that is not the norm right? yeah i you know the way Comment, i would please yes the the way that i would um 
render that, I guess, would be um, I don't know what the defense was that uh, Chicago was in at that point. I mean, a lot of it could have been that they they, they caught him in um, a kind of defense and maybe it was a man coverage, which is why people were following Watson. And because of that, um, the, the circumstances were right for that to work. Now, maybe that was intentional. The, you know, Packers saw the personnel grouping that was coming out and, you know, they radioed down to the coach and say, hey, you know, they're bringing in this guy. They're doing this and that. This would be a good time to run, whatever they call that play. Maybe that's what happened. Not exactly sure. Uh, but I think a lot depends not just on what you're doing, but what they're doing against you. And maybe against a different defense, that play might have gone for four yards, you know, with a fine gain, you know, but they weren't in a defense that was going to allow them uh, to have the the kind of uh, splash play that they wound up getting. Uh, so I I think maybe they would, you know, like to have that all the time work, but I don't know that the other team, who I believe is also getting paid, uh, I, I don't know that they're always cooperative in terms of, you know, what they're running and the personnel that's on the field and all that all that kind of stuff. So I'm sure that they're trying to have every play go for a touchdown, but I don't think that it's that necessarily that easy in terms of, yeah, we just have to call this particular play and it's going to work against whatever they're throwing out there. Well, I was just thinking more like the misdirection. It's it's the it felt like they did a lot better sort of the sleight of hand. They had another play where they ran the I guess it was the pony. We have uh, Dylan and Jones together, and they kind of crisscrossed. Uh, you didn't. It's kind of hard for the defense linebacker to see like who's got the ball exactly. You, you you lose a step because you've got them sort of moving in different directions, and it feels like that's more of a rarity than than the norm. And I feel like that should have that that kind of was the offense last couple of years. They've really gotten away from it this year. Well, Rogers, of course, doesn't like as much don't like it. Yeah. motion. Yeah. You know, and he likes, you know, to have the chance to survey what, you know, what the defense is doing. And if guys are moving around, you, you can't really tell as well what's going on. But I mean, that always seemed like a, like a weird thing to me, but I'm not an NFL quarterback. So maybe if I was, I would say, Oh yeah, I can definitely see what he's saying. But a lot of other quarterbacks don't seem to be as bothered by that. Um, of course, those other quarterbacks, a lot of them aren't going to be in the hall of fame. So maybe, you know, that just kind of comes with the particular territory. Um, the other thing is if you were always, motioning and misdirecting um i'm guessing there's probably under the rules a limited amount of what you can legally do in terms of moving your guys around pre-snap mm -hmm. yeah and the more you do it the more your tendencies are going to be revealed because i i i don't think there's an infinite number of motions or an infinite number of things you can do off of motions and the more you do things, the more your tendencies are going to be revealed. And so I, that's why I think they probably don't do it every play is because anything you do habitually is going to be easier to defend because you reveal yourself over time. Maybe not, you know, game to game, but if you look at, you know, the last 10 games and believe me, they have people that are studying that stuff all the time. I mean, hell, they they study the different referees and their physical conditioning. So there, there's not a lot of details that go unnoticed in the NFL. And you, know, when you develop a body of work, a book gets out on you. So they probably don't want to do any one thing 
too much, for instance, I'll give you the toss sweep. There was a time um, this season where every time they ran that toss sweep, especially to 33, it was easy five yards, not seven or eight. You know, I mean, they were just getting traction with that thing. Um, but this week, that wasn't working quite as well. And I think right. it's because, you know, people are seeing, ah, well, this is what they like to do. This is the, the down and distance they like to do it in. This is the formation, you know, that they're going to want to, you know, run it out of. And there was a couple of plays that got snuffed out that were working just a couple of weeks ago. Those were working consistently well. In fact, I remember which game it was it now, but I remember thinking that, well, hell, every time they run that play, it works. They, they should just keep running it until it doesn't work. Well, it wasn't that week that it didn't work. It was this week that it didn't work because teams are seeing that. And I'm sure the defensive coordinator is standing up in front of the room with a clicker saying, all right, this is what they got. This is the formation. That's the motion. When they do that, they're going to run the toss here, toss there, left, right, whatever it might be. And so there's kind of an expiration date on a lot of things that you want to do. So you got to keep it you know, mixed up. You don't run the same formations and same plays week to week. So that's, I think, I think that's a nature of professional football when that's all these guys do, both the players and the coaches, coaches working 16 hours a day, uh, you know, players at the facility every day, grinding, breaking down tape. I just think that the nature of the game is not going to allow you to be successful doing the same kinds of things all the time. Well, we'll see. I mean, I wonder now, what we've had, you know, two touchdowns on plays with motion and reverse kind of stuff. Watson mm -hmm. is involved. Mm -hmm. It'll be interesting to see in the Rams. Are you going to get a heavy dose of that? They've got the bye week now to self scout. Um, I guess the floor talked about, they have a lot of self scouting projects that they want to work on. Um, you know, I wonder what will come out of that. If it's going to be all right, no motion. Like we're going to, uh, we're all in with Rogers. We'll do what he wants to do. And we've kind of cleaned it up now. Are, are we going to see a, a lot? Uh, is, is it going to, are we going to see something new? Uh, option C is something new that they, <laughs> you know, are coming yeah. up with, but uh, they certainly have a weapon in Watson. Like I, I think you move him around. I think the defense can't just say, we'll throw this corner on him and, and he's fine. I, I think there's, there's going to be attention paid to him now and you can either use it and get him involved or you can use him as a decoy which they never really figured out with Devante. <laughs> um, no, no. But, you know, that that is possible. So, you know, will we see some evolution of this offense uh, and it moving in the right direction? Uh, I, I think it'll be really interesting to see. But what's so crazy, Chris, is like this, the idea that the offense is improving is only because the fourth quarter went well. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was, right. the That's offense right. was That's right. dog poop, you know, for three <laughs> quarters. Uh, and, and it's, you know, there's no excitement in our voice about the offense uh, if the game would have ended after three quarters. So I don't know what we have here still. Well, I don't either, but I do know it was a win. And uh, there were some guys that played well. I thought A.J. Dillon was one of those guys that played well. He'd be getting a lot of crap. Uh, and a lot of different uh, forums, podcasts, and articles, blog posts. What's wrong with this guy? He's not the guy he was, you know. And I don't know if it was the announcement of his wife's pregnancy or what, but the guy was, you know, running hard, and he had, a, I thought, a, a terrific game. He looked 
you know, kind of like the back he was last year, almost had a hundred yard uh, uh, performance, 18 carries, 93 yards. He looked terrific. And he had, he had some catches too. What do you have? He had three catches, another 26 yards. So in terms of total offense, he had like 120 yards of total offense. And Very good. he, yeah, he looked, he looked terrific. And so that was another reason that I thought, um, you know, there's reason for optimism. Maybe it's because of the cold weather. He's he might be a cold weather back. Uh, maybe defenders aren't as keen, you know, to try to tackle that load uh, when, you know, the weather is cold. I'm not exactly sure. But, you know, he he showed what we saw last year. And I thought that was a reason for optimism, too. I did. Yeah, I, I, I I've never lost faith. In him, I really like him. You know, a lot of his poor games and poor low average games, it's like he's running into the pile. So he's he's not shifty enough to like reverse field and make it to the sideline and and get five yards out of nothing. You you kind of have to create an opening for him a little bit, but you know he's not easy to bring down. And then also, no. you know, they always giving him out of shotguns. So I felt like you know on a different team where they're they're under center, he'd probably be in a probably be a bit better. But um, yeah, I mean. Outside in the cold December, like this is kind of when you have AJ Dillon. Um, and uh, because, you know, Aaron Jones, as much as I love this guy, I mean, he seems like such a good guy and hard oh, yeah. player, doesn't Absolutely. quit. Yep. He's so talented. The dude kind of needs to learn how to take a hit. Um, and when I say that, it's not that, you know, he, he, it's not, I'm not saying he's weak, but man, this guy takes some vicious tackles. Yes. Like, you know, there's some slippery guys that you just like, you can never get a good hit on them. Like it seemed like Barry Sanders was that like, oh, yeah. they just would go down early and you know, they would sort of, uh, Emmett Smith was that way. You could never like light Emmett Smith up. Um, but man, it, Jones like puts runs at 150%. But then when he meets the tackler, I feel like it is a mini a bomb, you know, a mushroom cloud of a hit. I mean, he's getting dragged all over. Um, feels like a lot of times people are like grabbing his shoulders and then does that sort of body slam kind mm -hmm, of tackle mm -hmm. on him a lot. I hate that. Yeah. And uh, I think that should be outlawed. Actually. I, when, when you kind of drag your, your body down to tack, I don't know how you legislate that, but that is, it, it happened about three times in this game yeah. where they were pulled down. And each time I thought it was a horse collar. And when they showed the replay, they were just grabbing the top of the shoulder pads and pulling them backwards. And that looked like it could have been, you know, the kind of thing where a guy would have a, like a, a serious paralyzing kind of injury. Absolutely. Like you're snapping their knees in half. I feel like that's, I remember, was it, um, uh, was it Dorsey Levins after he came back from an injury? Like he, he got tackled the same way. Someone came from behind and sort of like did that body slam, like tackle and just knee was blown season yes. over. Yep. Um, like that uh, was in the, I remember it without, that was against the Eagles. Um, Oh God! It was. It was. I think. I want to say it's like a season opener against the Eagles. I think, and yeah, I, I remember that play, and it, it, well, probably ruined his career as far as that goes. Yeah, and the whole season was trying to find yeah, a replacement. Right, exactly. Right? It was like until Stark showed up, or um, we had a lot of Travis Jervy, maybe. Like there's a lot of weird guys that sort of came in and out of that that team. But uh, like, I, oh, I just feel like are Jones. We needs, of, are we thinking of Ryan Grant? Well, that's maybe. the other. It could have been Ryan yeah, Grant. Yeah, yes, they're right, so yeah, similar. Yeah. yeah, I think you're right. It might have been Ryan Grant, because um, that then leads to uh, James Starks. Um, yeah. 
but yeah, I think Aaron Jones needs to get everything he can from the play, you know, break tackle everything. But as soon as it's like, it's over, I think the dude needs to curl up into a ball, go down. Like he needs to figure out how to, how to, I just feel like he's an injury waiting to happen. This guy. Um, he's so had, he's had injuries. I mean, that's, I know McCarthy got a lot of crap for this, and I know Lafleur does as well. You got to give that guy the ball. You got to run him. You got to give him 25 carries again. I don't think he is durable enough for that. And I think one reason why, at uh, what is he, 28 years old now? I think the reason why he's still playing is because his coaches have been judicious in how they've used him. Now. Maybe he could have been more productive if he would have if they would have ridden him harder. But I don't know that he'd still be in the league now. Right. He's you know he he's got a mindset. He plays hard. You respect him for that. He runs hard. He's effective, but he's also prone to injury. And he was injured again this past week. And he you know came back in, but you know he was not himself. He had less than three yards of carry. Um, it probably going to raise a question about what do they do. You know, with his contract, he's got a huge cap number uh, coming up. Do you extend him at this point in order to get that cap number down? I'm not exactly sure, you know, what what they're going to do there because he is effective when he's healthy. But he does have a significant history of injury, knees or whatever it was. He got also in the playoff game against the Niners, right? He went out, I think, early in the game and uh, he's he's great, but he's not just leaves himself exposed a lot. Yeah, yeah he yeah, needs and, to but, yeah. but that's the way he plays though. And so no, you, and, if he if he didn't play that way, he wouldn't be as effective. He'd be more healthy, but he wouldn't be as effective. So in order for him to you know be productive, he does expose himself. That running backs have short lives, regardless of who you are, and I and I really think the Packers have actually been smart to limit his exposure. Um, that's why I think they've gotten as many years out of him as they have. The question becomes: Would they have been better off just grinding the pulp out of the guy for four years? Yeah. Now, because then he would have you know been even more productive, and then you could have moved on to somebody else. But I don't think that was their plan. They 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 like this guy. He can catch the ball. He he can run in. You know, when once he gets it uh, on a reception, he can turn. Uh, you know, a three yard gain into a thirty yard gain. But the other side of it, though, is that he's going to be hurt and he's going to miss time, and that's why they drafted AJ Dillon. Yeah, yeah. I I think that's smart. You know, you have Dillon in at this point of the year. You you kind of it's at least from a carry perspective, and it's like a two thirds, one third. Dylan to Jones, but then use Jones in the passing game. I would try to get him to be a great third down kind of back and, and uh, kind of use like the Patriot Patriots would use like James white. And some of these guys were, mm-hmm, right, you know, exactly. let him, yep. but I just, again, I just feel like, you know, you see the first down marker, you know, get to that spot and then sort of find a way to get down without taking a vicious hit. Like I'd be willing to give up a yard or two past the first down marker to save yourself. I, but you're right. I don't think that's how he plays. So I, I do worry about him. Yeah, I don't know how many times I've tried to get down without taking a vicious hit. Yeah. Well, but that's but that's a whole different podcast, though. Probably that is different. You want to switch is. to defense because I have a, a vicious take on uh, our defense. Well, I would like to to uh, switch to defense because I have a couple of names on here, but I'd like to start out and talk about a guy who I know you're probably not going to mention, but. Uh, I want to give a little props to Dean Lowry, oh. who I thought actually played pretty well this uh, past week. And 
he blocked that field goal from he did. all from all the reports that I have seen because it was some question as to who who it was, but it appears it was it was number ninety four. So I just want. I mean, I think this is the last year for this guy on the team. Um, he's been getting a lot of crap this year. I just wanted to give him some props because he hasn't gotten any this year, and you know, for the past what four years, five years. He's been a, he's been a solid Packer, but I think he's he's come to an end. But he has done something that's contributed, I think, to one of the few wins they've had this season. So yeah, I think he's a very try-hard guy, and yep. Yep. Um, I can't say he's had a worse season than Kenny Clark. You know, I think that whole defensive line has yeah, it's been rough, been a rough year for the running game and things like that. But I. I it's hard, you know, when he doesn't show up or has a bad play, it's hard to tell. It's just he gets washed out by a blocker and he's not even part of the play. So um, it's nice to see some upside plays. But I think there's at this point in his career, you see a lot of him just getting completely blown out. Um, yep. Yep. I don't think he had a real good game against Philadelphia. No, nope. but um, I wanted to focus on uh, Jair Alexander. Yes, and please. My take with him is uh, so, you know, I was listening to. Um, uh, I guess it was, uh, I guess it could have been um, Pack-A-Day podcast or uh, some of the other. And, they, and one of the things they said, you know, one of the things that we should take as comfort is that this team didn't give up, right? They didn't. Uh, I actually I heard that. Yes, I did. It's an interesting take, like they didn't give up, because you're right. They did not, like, somewhere in the third quarter go, hey, guys, it's warm in the locker room. Let's go. Like, Let's you know, go, they yeah. all, like, you know half That's the team right. goes to the locker room. Like, yeah, you're right. They didn't do that. So what does giving up look like? Um, uh, and I think, you know, on offense, I don't think if Rogers, head is in it, I don't, you know, I think he's going to bark at you. And there's a lot of young guys on this team. Offensive line is trying to protect, you know, and a hall of fame quarterback. So I don't feel like there's any give up, even though it's, I feel like it's very broken, but there's not a lot of give up, but what does give up look like on defense? Well, you know, you don't, you don't chase guys down. Um, you, you, you know, you don't sort of throw your body into tackles and things like that. I think what else you do as a corner is you say like, I'm going to get me t a couple of interceptions today. I'm going <laughs> to jump routes. I'm going to be peeking in the backfield. I want to take some like hits behind the line of scrimmage. Uh, I, I, I'm going to, I, I want to take some risks because you know what, who cares? Exactly. I think that's where Jair Alexander is. I think he's, and I think you saw it a few weeks where, you know, he's, you know, He's cheering after if we're down by 20 points. He's did that forearm shiv where he sort of like held it for a while, uh, which is was weird. And I think in this game here, he's like, I got a lot of money. I'm a young guy. You know, I'm not going anywhere. And so what I want to do, I want some picks. And so when he gets burned on deep balls now, it's because he's not focused on his craft. Like I, I need to do my job and I need that guy. He'll do his job. He'll do his job. I think he's sort of like, the field is my tapestry and I'm going to do what I feel like. And I'm going to try to, you know, if I think the ball is going over off my guy, I'm going over there. Cause I want to see if I can pick this thing off. And I feel like, you know, if you had a defensive quarter that would grab you by the face mask and say, Jair, you stick with the plan. You play your guy. And I want you peek in the backfield. You cover your guy. I don't think one Jair is responding to that. And I don't think we have a defensive coordinator that would even close to doing that. And I think that's what it's not giving up but it's not also sort of sticking to the plan. And I think that's what you're seeing with Jair and you're having this weird year where he's getting burned, but then he gets an interception or two, you know, that he, in hell of a player two. Um, so I, I, I think that's actually, an, I, I like that he got an interception as a big play. Um, but I, I feel like if, if I were to say, 
is the defense kind of lost itself? I would say I think there are some elements of that. Uh, what do you think about all that? You know, I I was thinking about this during the game, and I was you know making a a chess analogy because I was watching the game with somebody who's quite proficient at chess. And uh, one of the um, ways of thinking about chess is that you can lose two knights or a knight and a bishop um, and have that be less significant than losing a single rook. Um, and so how do you equate that to football? Does the, do the two fractures that Jair gave up, you know, one to uh, EQ, um, and there is no St. Brown except, you know, when he's catching a 56-yard pass, um, and also then to the other uh, guy downfield. Uh, Which was a heck of a catch. By by uh, I, that guy was a first round choice, by the way, for I think for New England, um, Harry, I think his name is. Yeah. 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 So any, anyway, um, you know, definitely Jair gave up both of those. But in the equivalency game that we're talking about here, does that critical fourth quarter interception and also earlier in the game, you know, he had two plays, you know, where he had tackles for losses. Right. You know, uh, so. Do those three plays, the two TFLs and the interception, do they compensate and outweigh the two fractures that he had? Um, and are you know giving up the occasional long play? Is that what you what you have to accept in order for those other things to happen? Because the reason he picked off the ball in the fourth quarter is the same reason he got burned on the second long pass. He right. cut the route off right. and oops, the guy wasn't going short and he got behind him as a big game. When he cut off the route again, he undercut it again in the fourth quarter. That was a pick and that was critical in the game. Same thing when he broke up the bubble screen for the TFL, you could see on the replay that he was coming downhill before the ball was even thrown. Yeah, he could yeah. see. He if could they see had gone a coming. different yeah. way, he would have been completely out of the play, right? Right. He could yeah, have, exactly yeah. right. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, I guess this is maybe the old, you know, live by the sword, die by the sword kind of thing. Uh, but the fact that he had three, what I would consider splash plays, and twos that were just embarrassing is is that just the price you pay to get those three good plays is the things that he allowed to happen on the two bad plays um now that said i do i do agree with you that there is a, a certain you know whiskey tango foxtrot kind of going on here with him you can just see the attitude is more profound and visible than it was last year and i'm thinking that this is a guy who's not happy with management and he also realizes that he's the highest paid corner. They're not going to do anything about it. So I think he's sort of like, what the hell, man? We'll just do what know, I I'm want. Just, I'm just going to do what I want and the way I want to do it because because what are they going to do? And it, I believe we were having a conversation earlier about, you know, what good is it to have, you know, fuck you money if you don't ever say fuck you, you know? Right. And I think, I think that's a little bit of it here. What good is it to be the highest paid corner in the league if you're not going to, you know, take advantage of what comes with that? So... I don't know that that's a good attitude, um, but I'm just wondering if you can divorce um, that attitude from that critical interception and those two TFLs. And maybe it's human nature. You know, he's he's very good. He's able to make interceptions. So let's say we had another game where Jair covered his guy and that person had one reception for seven yards. Jair had no splash plays, but man, he shut his guy down. Um, but it, 
on the, on the one hand, you could say, well, that's exactly what we want him to do. We want Russell Douglas to do that with his guy and Rudy Ford to help out with this guy. Um, but uh, it feels to me that um, it's it's like it's growing in his uh, the way he plays the game, that it's sort of like doing what he wants to do, acting the way he wants to act. And uh, to me, the, that is going to then continue on unless I think you have a coach who is able to corral that like either or it's it's like we, we, we're going to work with that. Like the defense is going to be we want Jair to be that way. And maybe that's what Joe Barry has decided. You know, I, I want you to be a playmaker. So go ahead, jump routes, like be disruptive. Um, you know, we've talked a lot. We want defenses to be aggressive. I'm just not sure it, that this is a design or this is just Jair kind of doing the whiskey tango foxtrot. Like I, 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 I think it's the latter. Um, I don't like, you know, the, um, you know, I, I, I guess I, I'd like to see, you know, a defense later on where he focuses on his responsibility. Everyone else is doing what they're supposed to do. I think that's what will make a defense good. But, you know, it's the defense is what it is this year. I guess I don't blame him for maybe taking this approach at this point. But next year, I hope that, you know, if we have a defense that's well coached and, and has a plan that he doesn't sort of run outside of the plan here and, and, and uh, leaves guys wide open and burns us, you know, in games. So we'll have to see how that develops and maybe another coach and a new attitude will, will, will make that happen. Although I'm here to tell you, Joe Barry is our defensive query next year. I, I, I can see this coming. It's going to happen. Um, so I'm calling it now. Joe Barry is our defense quarter next year. Yeah, I can see why you say that, but I'm not so sure. I, I, I do think that he's uh, a dead man walking and he should, uh, you know, probably be in touch with, uh, Olenicek Realty in Green Bay because <laughs> I think he, I think his house is going to be on the market here soon. I, I, I just don't think that they can come back with that next year, but here's the deal about, um, the speculation with Alexander kind of just doing his own thing because he can, you know, he saw firsthand what Aaron Rodgers has done. That's now, you know, I kind of think right. that you see that and say, well, hell, so that's what goes on. I think probably saw Zadarius Smith's act too, right? That, you know, when, when he was there and I don't, I can't think of, of others who are quite that egregious, but you know, Rodgers and I think Z uh, were kind of, I'm going to do my own thing because I'm highly paid. And if not, I'll just go somewhere else and find you can let me go. Cause there'll be, you know, 31 other teams that'll pick me up in a heartbeat. And I'm just wondering if that isn't uh, what happens when a guy gets paid and a guy has got a measure of success. And then also you just, you just, you see the example every day that Rogers, there's different rules for Rogers than there are for others. And maybe one day, Jair woke up and said, you know what? I, I, I want my own that. rules. Yeah, I think I can do that, too, because look at me. I'm getting paid. I was second team all pro. The team, you know, wasn't as good after I got hurt last year. I'm holding a lot of cards. I've got some power here and I think I'm going to take advantage of that. And I'm going to I'm going to have me some fun because you're only young once. Right. You know, YOLO and all that kind of thing. So um I, I I don't know that for a fact, but it wouldn't surprise me because he's a member of the same team as Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Rodgers. I don't think he he owns just the the Bears and AT and T Stadium. I, I think he owns the Green Bay Packers. Yes, yeah, because he he does seem to be not just quarterback, but 
you know, general manager, head coach. I mean, he offensive coordinator. He, he kind of does. He kind of does his own thing. And I'm, I'm sure we're not the only ones that are seeing that. I'm, I'm guessing his teammates are seeing it, too. But not everyone has the kind of leverage that a guy like Jair Alexander does. Well, and I, I wonder if Matt LaFleur, for all the things he does well, is he's a he's a young guy. He's a player's co- coach kind of guy. Um, he's going to foster that in, environment because he's just not he's not coming down on people. And I could be wrong on that. I don't know what he's like behind closed doors, but my sense is that he's a super nice guy. He wants to be analytically thinking through things. We see the comments from the jets coach that if you punch them in the mouth, they fold. So everything points to the floor is kind of, if you win, you're going to win with kind of people who are self-motivated, but you, you, you open the door to having people walk over you. So Darius is a great example uh, two of, you know, another person who has a little bit of clout and then just takes, takes it, um, you know, everything. Um, someone made the comment that, uh, we got rid of the wrong Smith. We should have kept Zadarius instead of Preston. And mm-hmm. the response to that I think is perfect is that, you know, darn well, if Zadarius was on the Packers this year, he would not give two, you know, what's, you know, yep. about the Packers. He, the only way he's playing hard is because he's new on the Vikings. Wait till next year. Viking mm-hmm. fans. So we'll see what Zedarius shows up and what kind of back injury he has. So, um, I just wonder, you know, you know, the Bill Parcells and the Tom Coughlin's and maybe that you can't have them anymore. They're all going to be a bunch of, um, LaFleur's and Shanahan type guys that are going to be all analytical and, um, and the, the, the times have passed for the rough and tumble coaches. But, um, you know, I, I think Matt LaFleur is probably the, they're going to have to build a team with Packer people again that, you know, are self-motivated. And because I, I feel people. like LaFleur yeah. is not going to be the one to put its foot down. OK, I, just, just a couple of words of praise for Preston Smith. OK, now he was fourth on the team this week in uh, tackles. He had five. Um, he is available every game. I think he's missed one game True. You know, in the years he's been with the Packers. He's been, other than the one year where they said he was a little overweight, and I think it was his second season, he he wasn't totally, you know, with it. Um, but, you know, he's absorbed um, uh, salary reduction and uh, his deal being, you know, redone. And he keeps his mouth shut. He shows up for work. Uh, I think he's a solid player. Um I, I'm not so sure. Zadarius Smith was a splash player. He was a, a great talent, but there was a price to pay that came along with that. And we saw it last year where, you know, he developed this back injury right after he wasn't named captain, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay. I, 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 it's hard not to like that guy as a player. He was really, really good. But they've got a guy who's essentially that good. You know, he's unfortunately he tore his ACL and he's out for the rest of the season. But, you know, Rashawn Gary is a is a really good player. And I think he's very much in the same mold as a Darius Smith. He's younger and cheaper and also injured. But I was perfectly fine with Smith leaving and Gary taking over that that spot. Uh, Preston Smith has been, I think, has been a real solid Packer. He's been a great player? No. He's been really, really solid, though. And he was an asset, I think, again this past week. Guy sets a hard edge. Uh, he put a little pressure on the quarterback. A uh, little, little pressure. Yeah, yeah, he did. But was anybody put it? Well, they had no well, sacks. That's the thing. Yeah. But they, part of it, though, is they were keeping it in their lanes. They were being disciplined. 
And it's hard to put, you know, when you can't just pin your ears back and rush at the guy uh, because you got to watch out for him running. I think they were being more careful, which is one reason why they, you know, were able to contain the run as much as they could other than the one, you know, long one that he had because they were more disciplined. But the trade-off there is you're you're not going to get as much pressure on on the quarterback. But I, you know, I, hey, I'm fine with, with, with Preston Smith. Yeah. I, 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 and it wasn't a cut on Preston Smith. I do think Sidarius is, I mean, I, I, when you're at Buffalo Wild Wings while you're eating uh, chicken with dust on it, um, you get to see the other games. And Sidarius and is a factor on the Vikings defense that Preston Smith is not. Um, and we've seen that in previous years. I think we, we know that to be true. But, yeah, he's a, he's a fine player. You can win with a Preston Smith if you have a healthy Rashawn Gary. I think that's, that's very possible. But what they got going on now um and maybe it was a very dedicated concentrated effort to keep uh fields in the pocket and not have him run as much as Jalen Hurts did um but yeah there was very little pressure um and uh you'd like to have you know a guy like him who you're probably paying a decent amount you know kind of get a sack once in a while i he probably has a handful of sacks but it's probably for a guy that's consistently coming off the edge to have I'm afraid to click on his name to find out because I think then an ESPN highlight will fire up. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> what do you think? How many sacks do you think he has? Uh, I would actually, seven, I'm give a maybe something like that. He has five and a half sacks. Okay. So okay. Let me close this uh, highlight before it happens. So, yeah, I mean, that's fine. I, he's got 47 tackles, uh, five and a half sacks, no forced fumbles, uh, no interceptions. So uh, it's, Look, the defense has very little on the team right now. <laughs> I'm not very little to be happy about. But again, I, I would love to see this defense play with a lead. Like, I, I wonder what that would look like. And I, I do think it's it's that complimentary football that's important. So I, I'm not as down in the defense. or And I certainly don't want them to go all in on drafting and doing whatever they can to fix the defense again. I, I hope they fix the coordinator and see what they have. But let's make the offense great again. That'll make the defense great again. Well, you, you could get get a hat, make the offense great again. I should. I yes, yeah. we Packers therapy swag. We should sell that. <laughs> uh, okay, the defense uh, gave up over 400 yards. I think that's the third straight week they've given up over 400 yards. Um, they did get the three turnovers, and one thing 2011 taught us is that you can, you know hemorrhage yardage as long as you're getting turnovers and i think that's what happened in this game gave up a lot of yards but those three turnovers were critical yes they were Uh, that's and that's the difference in the game right it's you had a a block punt uh and a fumble and two interceptions without that we lose the game um and i think there's no question about that so um turnovers are everything. And I think, you know, the bears could have played it close to the vest. I think they end up winning this game. Um, I mean, they, after they Packers brought it back to 17, 19, the, the bears drove 55 yards. They had, see how long was that field goal that they missed? It was only uh it was a 40 yarder. Um, and uh, that sort of started the decline. You had Packers kicked a field goal, interception, touchdown, interception in the game. Yep. So yep. Um, the turnovers were everything. Yeah, that 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 was the key play of the game, without without question. Uh, by the way, speaking of defense, I did notice today that apparently it's not a done deal that Jim Leonard is going to stay at Wisconsin. Oh, I heard uh, the opposite of that. And that's, so now that is 
Yeah, is that this uh, is the, the latest latest? This, this is the the latest latest. Yeah, that uh, the report I believe was uh, Patrikas in the uh, Milwaukee Journal Sentinel is said that he was you know going to stay at Wisconsin and he was going to be uh, defensive coordinator. Well, apparently now they've kind of backed off that a little bit. That he's still considering it. They've had another meeting with the new coach. And the reason this is, I think, relevant for Packer fans is because you know, Packers had offered that defensive coordinator job. We're about to. Yeah. Yep. Uh, to Jim Leonard. And, you know, he said, no, thanks. And he stayed at Wisconsin. Uh, he was interim coach, did not get the job. Now, he still may wind up staying in his alma mater because he has, I think he has two or three school age sons. He's only 40 years old. Um, you know, you and I both lived in Madison for a long time, and we both had kids at the time. And it is, well, it's the classic good place to raise kids, a uh, good school system. It's a, you know, it's, it's a safe community relatively for the United States. Oh, yeah. uh, There's nothing yeah. better to be living in Madison attached to the university. It's great. Oh, it, yeah. it, it's, it's, it's fantastic. It's a, it's a lovely community, you know, pretty upscale, very comfortable all that kind of stuff. And I can see why, you know, Jim Leonard, you know, would, and also in college, I don't, I mean, those guys are committed. They have to recruit and all that stuff, but you do not work in college the way you do in the pros, you know, where you're sleeping at the facility and all that kind of stuff. Right. I mean, there, there's a reason why, you know, Andy Reed is, you know, St. Nick thinks that Andy Reid needs to lose a few pounds. Okay, you know, <laughs> yeah. and like I should talk, but still, but but the but the point remains, those guys sacrifice. Mike McCarthy, you know, those guys sacrifice their health. Um, it's it's unusual to see now. Granted, Lafleur is young, but you know, the longer if he stays in the game, uh, Mike Holmgren, you know, kind of blew up as well. And it's a hard lifestyle. And I I think that you know. I think Jim probably he's making a lot of money um, and he's comfortable in the community. He's got a young family. He probably doesn't. He wants to work hard, but maybe not as hard as he have to in the NFL. So I'm not saying he's going to come to the Packers, but I think that door is still open. But if he doesn't, I mean, there's, you know, Mike Zimmer is out there. Um, you know, we could use a Mike Zimmer. Know? That dude doesn't take any guff, right? He's, well, that's he's what I'm a thinking. No, nonsense guy. Yeah, yeah. I don't know the four once Mike Zimmer acting like uh, Mike Pettin walking around the facility. I think he, he likes having uh, a guy he can kick around. So I, I meet Joe Barry next year, 2023 defensive coordinator. I'm well, telling you, I, I just, I just can't see I'm not saying you're wrong. I can't see it happening because this year has, there have been so many things on the defensive side of the ball that I just, I just can't imagine him coming back. I think uh, Jair Alexander's, behavior and demeanor, I think is a direct reflection on a lack of respect uh, for the defensive coordinator. And that's why I just can't imagine him being brought back. And if he is, I, I don't think these problems are going to go away. We'll see. You know, I mean, there's a whole, you know, fire Dom Capers thing and fire Mike Patton and all that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, maybe this is just the latest iteration of that. But there, it, it just does seem to be that they need um, a different personality, maybe the same scheme, but a different personality who is putting that scheme uh, forward. Now, I am I am um, displaying my bias because at the time they made the hire, I didn't like it. 
um, based on the kind of crappy track record uh, that had existed, you know, with Washington and Detroit uh, when Barry was there. Uh, so it might just be that I'm still bitter about the, about the initial uh, decision. And that's why I'm I'm imagining that they're going to make that uh, change. Although uh, Matt LaFleur does not seem like he's inclined to do that unless he's just putting on a front right now because we're still in the season. I don't know. Yeah, yeah he's a nice enough guy that he's not going to throw anyone under the bus. I just wonder if he's so nice that he's going to say, Look, I'm in those meetings, too, that we made decisions together that cost us, you know, big points, big, you know, the Jalen Hurts thing was because of a scheme that I agreed to. So I've got to I take responsibility. I can't fire Joe Barry in good faith. I when, can't quit you, man. Oh, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, I think that's where he's coming from. I, I'm telling you, that's going to happen. And we're, it's going to be uh, ugly times in Green Bay. I mean, I think even the even the Wayne Larravee thinks Joe Barry should be fired. I mean, like <laughs> the, the biggest when you've lost yes Wayne Larravee, you have lost the whole game right there. <laughs> right. That's right. So uh, I'll be shocked. And I, I would be very uh, my respect for the will go up immensely if he gets rid of Barry and hires a defensive coach that I feel will isn't going to be a yes man for him. That is someone that is going to make the defense great and challenges the floor or, you know, has a very independent voice in that locker room. So um, hopefully he'll, he's strong enough and has enough experience now to see that that's, that's the better way to go than to get somebody that, uh, you know, again, B faculty, hire C faculty, a faculty, I, hire a faculty. I right? was thinking that's, the same thing, exactly right. the same thing, but you know, it'll be one of the interesting things to pay attention to uh, down the stretch and right after the season is over. So we're going to find out the, lo- the last thing I have on my uh, list here, Dave, is the post game comments from number 12 um, where, you know, he is, kind of playing this whole Brett Favre thing, you know, this this signaling kind of, you know, well, you know, now that we have Christian Watson emerging, um, Aaron, are you, you know, does that mean you're going to come back? And he's like, well, you know, I walked away from Cal when we had Deshaun Jackson and Marshawn Lynch. Um, what's he saying there, you know, that, uh, and then, well, you know, it, it takes it takes two parties. It's, it's, it's got to be mutual. And is he saying, love me, love me, love me. I'm you know, I'm not getting the love I need. You're not standing behind me here. You know, I can walk away. You know, I walked away from Cal when I had these. It's this, he seems terribly needy for a guy, you know, who basically holds all the cards next year because of the salary cap ramifications. Um I was kind of surprised that he would a guy in his position would would come off that needy. It just it seemed like a bad look to me. Yeah. Uh, welcome to Aaron Rodgers world, right? I mean, this is just this is where it's at. I, trying to understand what he's coming from is is no longer fun for me. Um, it just it's it's discouraging. I, I, I saw. Do you see the clip where? Deshaun Kaiser was interviewed. Did you oh, see this yeah, about 9-11? Yeah. Yeah. He said the first <laughs> conversation he had with Aaron Rodgers, he walks in the locker room, Aaron Rodgers goes, do you believe in 9-11? And Kaiser's like, what? He's like, you do, do, do your own research or something like that. And it was never sort of established. Was he joking? Was he you know, like, I don't was know. It, was, I, was he testing him or something? Or, right. Yeah. 
Yeah, I just uh, to me, I'd be like, yeah, I don't uh, whatever game you're playing. I just uh, not interested. It was fun while he, you know, was lights out 2010. Then it's it's fun to be interesting. But I and maybe the far thing too. like it just I don't know. I I think there's some fatigue and I I suppose people will say, well, you're so entitled. You had two great quarterbacks and, you know, you're you're going to your next quarterback's going to suck. And maybe that will. But I. I don't think I'm alone in, in kind of being tired of the act. I it's uh, we should be. I remember hearing that the Philadelphia Philly fans used mm. to boo Mike Schmidt. Yes. Uh, they, now that's a very, they did vague Hall, reference. Hall of Famer. He's yeah, Hall of great. Famer. Like, you know, any other city, like Mike Schmidt is great. And, the, but if you lived in the town of Philadelphia, it's like, well, but you know, he wouldn't run out ground balls. And he sort of like, he did things that if you paid attention to the team, the fans didn't like and Philly fans are tough. Oh yeah. I, I, I get a sense, you know, nationally people talk about Rogers, how great, great. We that followed every time, all the time and went through the far of nonsense. I think we're tired of it. And, um, um, I know that there's the Wayne Larry's out there that still, um, you know, want to talk about, you want to get rid of the two time current reigning MVP. They are ridiculous. I like, Yes, I do because I'm paying attention to the now, not not then. It's um, so I, I don't know. All this stuff just makes me sad. Yeah, I I think we will uh, five years from now, uh, we will you know look back differently unless he commits welfare fraud. Um, I, we will we will probably look back uh, differently at the Aaron Rodgers uh, era. It will be sepia-toned. Uh, you know, well, we'll remember, you know, the Super Bowl in 2010 and then his four MVP seasons after that time and the relax thing, the run-the-table thing, uh, you know, that that game against Chicago where he, you know, busted his, his leg and, you know, came back out and played the second half and, you know, the, kind of all the things that we remember about Brett Favre that's kind of been tainted, uh, you know, subsequently in recent years. But there'll be all of these kinds of, of memories, and we'll and we'll miss it because the next dozen quarterbacks will probably not be very good. Uh, I mean, or they'll be okay, but no one's going to rise to that level. And so we'll look back and say, "Damn, it was really nice," you know, complaining about losing in the playoffs, you know, because because we were in the playoffs, you know. But right now, uh, there's a lot of fatigue because. Even though it's been, what, 15 years since Brett Favre, that memory is still very strong with me. And I can I can feel the echoes now with Rodgers. And speaking of Jair Alexander looking at Rodgers and saying, why I don't why can I do this? Aaron's probably saying the same thing. I saw what happened with Favre. I had a I had a front row seat to it. And now that he's in the position, you know, he has become in lots of ways Brett Favre. Right. No, there's no question. I, I, I think if it was our first Brett Favre, we'd be more patient. But now it's our our yeah. second. It's getting a little bit a little bit old because we saw how it sort of the Brett Favre experience ended and it wasn't any fun. So maybe right. we can cut off. That's the, the, the movie before it gets the, the awful ending. Um, no. Well, Jimmy G got hurt uh, this week in yeah. San Francisco. So people are saying, well, Rogers to San Francisco next year. But I think that would uh, I forget what the rules are exactly on the salary cap when you trade a guy. Uh, I think they're going to have to trade him after June 1st in order to, you know, uh, not totally blow up their cap yeah, for next year. Yeah, it reduces a lot, right. Yeah, and I don't know if any team is going to want to wait till June 1st to to make a trade. They'll want a guy in their 
well, off-season program to the extent that Aaron Rodgers is going to take part in anybody's off-season program. Um, so, you know, there's probably teams out there, you know, that would, you know, make a trade. They would probably give up, even though maybe you wouldn't get as much as you did last year, you'd probably still get, you know, a couple first-round picks, something like that, I would suppose, for Rodgers. Um, but I don't know. He's, he's playing this, you know, hurt and needy card which is just a an odd look for a four-time mvp who's you know made hundreds of millions of dollars at this thing it just it just seemed like kind of an odd thing for him to say and it makes me wonder if something won't happen with him in the offseason what kind of vibes is is he getting or maybe he's not getting the right vibes and he's and he's trying to generate that after a win uh by saying, well, you know, this could be it. I don't know if it's going to be the last time. That's why I saluted the crowd in Chicago, because this could be the last time I'm here. Uh, and I remember Favre doing the same crap. <laughs> so, yeah, right. and and I, I wasn't crazy about it then. Um, and I'm less crazy about it now because I've seen this movie before. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah I, I wonder how much he's being affected too. We don't have to k- beat the same for how much it's not that he's uh, wants love from the PAC organization, Matt LaFleur and all that. He might be getting that. I wonder if he's reading th- how it's turning in the press, you know, especially locally. Um, yeah, fa- you know, if he, yeah. He, yeah, it feels like he would be the first one to say like, I don't care about any of that stuff. And then he probably listens to every pot, you yeah, know, every, like every he's, pot. he's listening right. to our podcast right now. Hi, Aaron. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Listen, uh, Los Angeles, Las Vegas is a great place oh. to be. Uh, feel free to, to, take your <laughs> I, I, I really believe that, but, um, I'm sure I'll miss some miss great quarterback plays some year, but, uh, yeah, that's where I feel right now. Well, I don't have anything else on my list. Are we ready to segue here to betting lines? Yeah. Before we do that, do you want to talk about, uh, uh, our cool thing that we did with the Patreon, uh, before we kick off the betting lines? Oh, you mean the thing where we went in everybody's bank account and emptied it? We did. Yes, that's right. Yeah. That Just was like the cool FTX thing. experience. Uh, we don't actually know where that money went. Uh, <laughs> I don't know where it went either. Yeah. Um, that but, was, that was, I mean, I, I feel bad for the people, you know, that, that invested their money there. But when I heard that, it, it's like, this is exactly what I expected it to be. <laughs> you know, it was one of those things. Damn. Well, if you're a true believer in crypto, it's decentralization. And the losses that happen here is because you had fraud in a centralized location. So I think if you still, if you are a true believer in, in the technology, you still believe like this would even confirm your bias that this, we need to decentralize finance, things like that. Um, but uh, yeah, it just felt like it was fast and loose and crypto bros and, Mm-hmm. Just see that coming to a poor end. Um, but hey, keep don't blockchain and uh, uh, crypto, the currencies that are connected to it. I, I don't think it's going anywhere. So um, invest at your own risk. <laughs> but, uh, um, People yeah. in the finance business, all of them are all reprobates and bastards. I think I, you'll well, agree on that. Yeah, that's yeah. probably yeah. true. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we had a bunch of patrons. Uh, I think we have. 14 now, which means that we can afford to lose a couple of them and, and, st- and still have the painting done that we want to have done by our buddy Leonardo. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we, um, well, we actually already did a podcast to thank these people. We are trying to do things to thank and honor 
those folks who went to Patreon and have signed up. You know, they make a little, you know, monthly, a little something, something for Chris and Dave. And we have 14 elect, uh, and they're, they're all men, uh, surprising nobody, I guess. Um, so we want to thank everybody. And to do that, uh, we did a little podcast uh, at the end of the Bears game, right afterwards, unvarnished. It was a nice half hour, crisp half hour, uh, just for the uh, members of Patreon, our patrons. Now, um, we intend to do this on a periodic basis, and starting uh, this this weekend coming up, we're actually going to do an interview with a guy we've referenced a couple of times in this podcast, uh, our man Nick, who does the audio work for us. When we get done with this podcast, we send him the raw audio files, and I think he must cook them or steam them or something. I don't know what he is, but they're raw when he gets them, and then they're fully cooked when he gets done with them. And we're going to interview him, and we'll probably do the patrons over time. We'll interview uh, probably Metno Miller. We'll, we'll we'll get around to every meet. Now maybe Alan CD. I don't know. But as a as a special something extra for those who have been kind enough to go to Patreon, Packers Therapy at Patreon, and chip off a couple of bucks to us um, from time to time. Those people right now standing at fourteen. Uh, we will send out a little special podcast to express our thanks to those people who are supporting us on a monthly basis. Yeah, we call it the fifth quarter and uh, did it right after the game so that because I do love having post game chit chat, you know, waiting to Tuesday or Wednesday. It's kind of nice to have something it, right yes. after the game. Right. And it was fun to do. So we'll probably do that again. We did talk about live streaming, but uh, and I should probably update on why that didn't happen. Uh, they didn't show the game in St. Louis that the Packers get Man. worse. Hmm. I might have to go back to uh, getting the direct TV feed. Um, and uh, so that made live streaming impossible. So we may still do that in the future. So, yeah, if you want to join all the cool kids and have fun, uh, I definitely think we'll do a fifth quarter again sometime and, and interview some different things. So we'll always have the podcast, but uh, we want to have some extra stuff on the Patreon. And it's cool. The site makes it real easy and uh, gives you an alert. And um, I think we got that podcast out within a, maybe an hour after the game. Yeah. Right? It was yeah. pretty quick. So uh, that was good. And uh, we also want to thank the people that have given over the years to our PayPal. That is still active if you want to do like a – you know, a one-time kind of shot. We appreciate that as well. Maybe, maybe we can find a way to loop those people in too, um, yeah. you know, to, to what we're doing um, with the Patreon people and maybe the PayPal folks as well. But that's Packers Therapy at Yahoo.com at PayPal. Uh, if you want to do a one-time shot or if you want to have a continuing monthly, you know, people give a few bucks a month, that kind of thing. Either way, we want to do something special to acknowledge the generosity of the people that have uh, supported us over time. You know, you, you can listen to this for free. It's not required. Uh, but if you do want to be, um, you know, have a special place for you in heaven, uh, then you will <laughs> In fact, you will in fact uh, remember us with a tribute. So that's how that's how this goes. Because we have at least two ordained ministers who listen to this podcast. So that tells me right there that we are ordained by God. That's so. right. They'll back up that theory. That yeah, exactly right. There's yeah. levels and of heaven. God loves you more if you give. If to. you give to Chris and Dave, yeah, that's yeah. how that works. Yeah. Uh, all right. So so there's that. Um, we are not going to offer the betting lines for the Rams game yet. 
Is that is that correct? That's sir? correct. Yeah. Yeah. So we are just going to review the betting lines from the Bears game, and we're gonna let it simmer a little bit. And we're thinking about maybe doing a kind of a short little pick me up podcast. Um, over this weekend so you'll have the betting lines you degenerates who play on a regular basis we will have that for you but probably uh early on next week so let's review those bears lines right now all right let's do that uh we had a three-way tie and uh and yet we we do have a winner through the tiebreaker a very special special person in my heart uh so i'm looking forward to somebody with a learning disability dave is that what you're saying oh no how dare you how how, i did i thought i thought you were i thought that's what well let me tell you when i tell you his name you can decide for yourself he he may say that that's true for himself but um let's let's uh go ahead and and uh Let's go through the betting lines. Uh, okay, so uh, number one, I asked you the quarterback rating for Aaron Rodgers. I don't know if yes. you Yes. What did one. I say, Dave? 78. Okay, now now that's not great, but what was his what was his quarterback rating, Dave? 85.7. You're yes. off. Yes. By yes. Very almost 80 points. Yeah. yeah, and I think a lot of people, a lot of people were, you know, oh, what, what's wrong? No, see, that, yeah, yeah, okay, you know, all right. You had a few people, uh, Ichucks took the under, uh, Cheryl Stone took the under, all right. uh, Sophia, uh, the two-year-old fan, I don't know if that counts, I think she's probably picking Cheerios, so uh, <laughs> you had two people. Wait a second, now, Ichuck, don't forget, he invented the iPhone. That's so, true. Okay. So I just want to be very clear on that. I could have invented the iPhone, apparently, but this, calling this the way I did, this, this was one of my proudest moments. Uh, great for you, but yes, oh, uh, I'll give it to you. It was uh, brilliant, brilliant, <laughs> off by eight points, and you've never been better. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I that you were worse on this one. Uh, I had a quarterback rating for uh, Justin Fields or whoever played for the Bears. Yeah. You set that line at 86 he was 75.7. So, well, uh, he, he, now if he doesn't have the late interception, though, I think I'm right where I want to be there. You're pretty, probably pretty good. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, of course, it's the Bears. He was 20-25. Uh, he had a good, great game. Yeah. The, a lot, you know, the run he had for a touchdown looked beautiful. I mean, he made yeah. Devondre Campbell look uh, pretty good. slow. And yeah. uh, it, I tell you, Bears fans feel like they have something there. It's just, just not I, yet. I, I think they do, but the problem with running quarterbacks, and my son and I didn't really agree when we were talking about this, but, you know, Michael Vick, and you can even, you know, you can go back. All the running quarterbacks, they seem to have short careers. You know, uh, didn't uh, uh, Lamar Jackson uh, just went he got, he got, yet Yeah, that's what I'm just going to say. Uh, you know, and then RG3 and, and these guys who are yeah. highly mobile and they get out there and run. It just, you know, I mean— NFL is tough. There's a reason why running backs don't last long. And yeah, I, I think Fields is good. I think Jalen Hurts is good. Um, but stay in the pocket, guys. Get rid of the ball. Backpedal like Favre and Rogers have done. Yeah, right. Know, be, be, Tom because Brady. Other, yeah, because otherwise you're not going to last long. Get rid of the ball. And these guys, now they're young now. They're big and strong and all that stuff. But you're gonna you're not gonna have a short career if you do that. And I I think this guy is good. I think he's gonna be a a plus player for the Bears, and and we're gonna hate him. On the plus side for Packer fans, I think he's gonna have a short career. Yeah, 
Well, I, as much as I, I do, I sort of am sympathetic. I even, I did admit I, I did cheer for the 85 bears once the Packers were out of it. Uh, I know. Um, and I actually, I had a soft spot for Justin Fields now, but it probably would not last one loss, you know, to the bears in a, in a season that means something. So, um, yeah, let's hope he has a short career and they go back to the J colors of the world. Um, okay. Number three, uh, total rushing yards allowed by the green Bay defense. You set the line at 146, 155. Pretty good. Yeah, Chris. See, I am, I am so good at this. Yeah. I, I can hardly believe how good I am at the, you know, no granted that is because their leading rusher was the quarterback at <laughs> 71 yards. <laughs> you know, if you, if you take out his numbers, which of course you can't, but if you did, you know, they would be under a hundred yards running the ball. So, no, but you took that into account. Yeah, that all yeah, counts. Yeah, yep. Yep, yep, you can't yep. say, uh, uh, we had a one last 10 Super Bowls. If it wasn't for those playoff losses. Uh, I know those damn playoff <laughs> losses, they kick it away. You know, <laughs> uh, number four, total tackles by Quay Walker. You set the line at eight and a half. He had seven. Pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, longest return for uh, slippery Keyshawn Nixon set mm. the line at 27. He had 35. It must have been because Cobb was returning punts. Yes. So. Um, the long return that he had was, I think he took it like six or seven yards deep in the end zone. And I think he brought it out to the 30, I think is what happened. I like Nixon mainly because he's one of those guys. Um, I forgot who it was that described this. It may it may have been Bukowski or uh, maybe it was um, 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 I almost said Andy Mundy. It wasn't Andy Mundy, which I wish it kind of was. Cause I think he'd have a good podcast. Uh, but the guy from Pack a Day podcast, uh, Andy Herman. Andy Herman. Yeah. Yeah. They they say you know th- what Nixon is is what a number of the Packer defenders are. Uh, you go full out, you play full speed, and if you make a mistake, make it at full speed. And that, I think, is what Nixon is all about. He takes a lot of risks and a lot of, you know, like he, I think he caught the one punt above his head, you know, all that yeah, stuff. Right. Yeah, I mean, he is playing hard and he's going pedal to metal all the time. There's going to be mistakes made when that happens. But the guy commits and he's not playing it safe. And when he took that ball out of the end zone that deep i thought oh, Dude, i was like come on right and, but then when he's off to the 30 yard line i'm like hey nice job buddy good well he had a couple though <laughs> that went to the 15 yard line yeah, too so yeah. he was there's there's good and bad with that i i that i don't know if uh the special teams coach whose name i can't ever pronounce you know is that what Passaccia. he wants he, it sounds like he's you know aggressive enough that he would get in his ear it's not like nixon's making a trillion dollars so they, they must feel like nixon go for it man but, uh, you know, starting on the 15, that's not great. Um, and that happened a lot early. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I certainly think he is a fine returner. I think, you know, five yards deep or deeper, I, just down the ball. I, that's the way I feel, too. I mean, now, I've always felt that way, of course, until Randall Cobb in 2011 against New Orleans. He takes it like nine yards deep and returns it for a touchdown. Yeah, so, I, Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, there are times where, you know, that that works out, um, but I it makes me uncomfortable. And I I would always think that if if you are more than, you know, halfway back, just just catch it and, you know, kneel on it. Uh, but it's you know, I mean, well, you're four and eight and now yeah. five and eight. Right? Well, well, run. Yeah. 
Keyshawn. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Right. Keyshawn yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, I, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to get down on the guy too much. I kind of like the aggressive style of play, and I would rather see them making mistakes at 100 miles an hour than, you know, playing it safe, being careful at 60 miles an hour. I agree. I, I will agree with that. Okay, number six, total combined yards for Chase Claypool and Equinemius St. Brown. You set the line at 110, 114, Chris. Oh, you must Boy, know these Bears-Packer games. Yeah. No, I See, I thought it would be the opposite way around. I mean, I did not imagine that St. Brown, who's not actually a saint, I never imagined that he was going to get that 56 yards, let alone 85 yards. He had three catches. I figured the guy who was going to hurt him was, was Claypool. Yeah. Uh, he, he was hurt for a while, uh, but he only averaged 5.6 yards. So I had that in my mind. I had it reversed, but it still came out pretty close. So that, that it, I was, I was pretty happy with that line. Good deal. Good deal. Yep. Uh, number seven, longest uh, reception for Christian Watson. You set the line at 38 and it was only 19, but uh, he had a but pass interference and the big how run. Long, how long was the pass inter interference? Dave, do you have that handy there? Hmm. I can do you, not. Can you uh, guess what the yardage was on that pass interference penalty? It, uh, no, I, I do not. Would know. you be surprised if I told you it was 38 yards, Dave? Stop. Really? 38 yards. Yes. Look it up. All right. Well, uh, I'm trying to see what drive that was. Was that during the, uh, that was in the, that was in the, that was in the pass interference, quarter. 38 yards. You're exactly right. Okay. The, wow. Okay. I'll tell right. you. Yeah. You redeemed yourself. I, I, yeah, I think I had the old horseshoe up the ass this week. Apparently. <laughs> I guess, uh, <laughs> uh, seven and a half. What quarter will the, I own you clip be played? Uh, it was played in the fourth quarter. Very few yep. got that right. Yep. Uh, but I it was finally showed and, uh, all was right in the world because, of course, they're not going to back down on that. I was actually surprised it was that late, but a couple people yeah. guessed that one correct. Well, I, th I think they waited until the Packers got the lead. I'm not sure we would have mm. seen it had the Packers not gotten the lead. True. Although it's kind of an interesting storyline to, uh, you know, Mr. I own you is down 20 you know, points yeah. or something. So yeah. it could have done that way. Uh, seven and three quarters. Uh, who is shown first? Uh, Mike is calling Vince Lombardi the winner. Uh, I know they did the old montage. Uh, and, yeah. uh, they did it in order, probably historically. So uh, they did Vince Lombardi get that one. Yep. Um, and then will the Bears score more than 14 points? Uh, obviously, yes, they, they mm -hmm. did. And then uh, the tiebreaker was total receiving yards for Christian Watson, which was 48. Uh, the winner this week is Guy in London. I like it hey, that he is. All right. Uh, Good His deal. last name is in London, apparently. Um, <laughs> guy in London. But Jerry Adams and John Sturrock, good buddies of the show, uh, also tied with eight. But uh, Guy came through with uh, the tiebreaker being the closest. He said 39 yards and it was closest to uh, the 48. So uh, congratulations, Guy. You got to get, you know, a uh, flight from London all the way to Las Vegas. But uh, oh, there, there are nonstops, I think. I, I think, think so. To Las yeah. But sure. and, and, you know, Guy is always up for coming to the U.S. I saw he sent some pictures. Uh, he was watching. There were some college basketball games in London. Uh, I think it was Michigan was playing Kentucky, maybe. And really? Oh, there's my a couple, God. Yeah. So he was uh, they were there wearing. He's a he's a Tennessee volunteer. Yes. He's a big fan of them. Yeah. The Vols. Yeah. So he uh, so he they all decked out in the Tennessee volunteer gear to uh, give it to the Kentucky Wildcat fans. So uh, good for him. He's he's stirring it up in London uh, in rivalries all the way out in the U.S. South. So that's good for him. Um, 
I do have one other thing to add. I got some good, good comments on favorite Packers Bears memory. You want to hear some of those? No. <laughs> yeah. Go well, ahead. Fine, fine, fine. Go ahead. All right. We had a couple. Of, so there's a lot of Randall Cobb NFC championship touchdown uh, or I guess that was maybe not. It was the Randall Cobb touchdown, right? It was the fourth down. Julius Peppers gets well, blocked by that Johnson. Was 20, that was 2013. Yep. Yeah. So that wasn't in the NFC championship, right? That no, was that, uh, that was for a division championship, though. Yeah, I think that's what it, OK. Uh, there is the, of course, the 2010 championship game itself where Cutler is. Remember the quarterback for the uh, Bears uh, who came in because Cutler. Oh, but it was the third string quarterback that played most of that. Was it was that? Um, Oh, H. Um, yeah. yeah, I can't yep. think of his name. But can H. you remember his name? Haney. Hey, uh, no. What was yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, his last name was Haney. I forget his first name, but I think it was Haney. And he's the one who threw then what might have been maybe the best Bears Packers, you know, from our perspective is the B.J. Raji interception oh, for the yes. touchdown because then I you knew you were going to the Super Bowl. Now, oh. when that happened, I was actually uh, my daughter had a volleyball game. And in a show of I love you more than the Packers, I I went into her game and I was coaching and uh, I saw a lot of the game on TV between games. The B.J. Raji interception happened as I turned my phone off as we're coming down my street to when I then got into the house. I realized the Packers scored seven points out of the blue and it didn't know how it happened. So I didn't actually see that live. It's really one of the biggest regrets of my life, although I'm. Hope my daughter does appreciate that. I do love her more than the Packers. Anyway, Caleb uh, Haney, Caleb Haney. That's it. Yes. Thank yeah. you. Uh, Bill Lasty said uh, that long <laughs> my man. time game at good old Wrigley comes to mind. The Packer D so befuddled Sid Luckman that the crazed bear stripped off his jersey mid game ran shirtless off the field, rebutting our heckles with whack hand signals upon victory. We said, <laughs> this is a, much more than I ever thought. What a dump. Let's burn this place to the ground as we gather kindling curly. Oh man. This is, appeared before us arms outstretched and said, boardeth thy train. He extended a finger to the North. Return <laughs> us to the hinterland with news of our glory, but let this place called Wrigley stand so that Chicago may writhe and suffer in it for generations to come. And so it was done that I didn't realize that was a highlight. Uh, but yeah, that, that is a, uh, that is quite the highlight. I didn't remember that one. So yeah, Bill, Bill's a good man. He is my roommate when we were in London, uh, taking our semester abroad in the fall of 1981. And Bill was a, uh, was a, was a journalist. was a writer. Uh, in fact, just today he sent me an article that he wrote about Dick Bennett back in the day. Oh, so yeah. Yeah. Good yeah. Dick Bennett. Bill's uh, a good man. Yeah. We had a few other Chester Markle touchdown. Uh, oh, fact, that's uh, a good one. Kevin Parsons said there's no argument that drug addiction is bad, but cocaine and Vicodin has given us some great football moments. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know Vicodin's given me some good moments. So, yeah, that's right. Bill and Delfield said uh, it's the after uh, for the review game, which spurned the truest oh, yeah. and the bears I, still suck. I yeah. agree that that was a special moment right there. Uh, upon further review, the bears still suck. Uh, yeah. Clint in Chicago uh, remembers. And I do remember this. I was, uh, in uh, the gym watching this game on the road, six touchdowns in the first half, 10 straight wins by Farvin soldier field. Aaron Rodgers bombed a majority to win the frozen game in 2016. I was at that game, but remember the six touchdowns in the first half. I think they were all like to Jordy and to Randall Cobb. And um, yeah, I just do, absolutely I, blew them out. I do remember that. And uh, 
Good times. Good times. Now, Tom Freeman says that he was at the instant replay game. Well, that doesn't surprise me. I think they have season tickets, I think. So that's a uh, uh, guy says uh, two words, double doink. I guess. That, ah. that, but I don't think that happened against the. Uh, that's a good bear memory, but that didn't happen against the Packers. But, yeah, it's always fun to just say double doink. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, let's see the I own you, of course. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, Rich Holm just said, go, pet, go. So that's uh, those are your favorite bear Packer memories. There's some good ones in there. Um, I, we could probably someday go with your least favorite, the most depressing, which uh, I, there are many of those, too. But you got to go back a few years for those. We'll, um, sa- we'll save those until the shoes on the other foot when the Bears are the ones on the rise and the Packers are looking for uh, Aaron Rodgers' successor, which could be as long as it took to find Bart Starr's successor. That's right. Before I go any further, the double doink, was that against the Packers? I don't think so. I don't remember. I, I, I thought it was like, but it was like a playoff game, I thought, for the Bears. And then that I remember they were uh, some bar in Chicago that was having people try <laughs> to kick a field goal uh, in in the parking lot the, for the same distance. Uh, you, I don't know what you got if you got, um, but yeah, the double doink was was excellent. It was uh, in okay. There's actually a Wikipedia uh, entry for this. It was in the 2018 NFC Wild Card game. Uh, Bears kicker Cody Parkey. Oh, that, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a blast from the past. Uh, 43-yard field goal attempt against the Eagles, partially blocked by Eagles defensive lineman Trayvon Hester, hit the left upright, then bounced off the crossbar, <laughs> and finally fell back into the end zone. No good. Six-seeded defending Super Bowl champion Eagles won the game over the third-seeded Bears. Bears were third-seeded as recently as 2018, my friends. Wow. Yeah. And that was that was a 16-15 Bears loss. At Soldier Field, um, Soldier Field, they're going to move from there, right? I mean, are they going to Arlington Heights or someplace like that's, that? That's the plan. Yeah, the Arlington Heights Bears. I guess that's what they'll be called, right? <laughs> the, oh, well, I cert- well, I think they should be called the Decatur Staleys, is what I think. Yeah, back bring old school. I will tell you that uh, I don't think I would want to see many packer bear games at in chicago but if i had to choose i would much rather go to arlington heights oh and go easily. all the way downtown oh, there's man. no parking by that stadium you gotta yep. walk forever yep. uh yeah it's it's really a mistake by the lake uh is, yep. is a fair name for it so I, i've been to about a half a dozen games there and it is it's hard to get in hard to get out fans were remarkably friendly at least you know where i was sitting uh for those times and, you know, it, it's an old stadium. They try to polish it up the best they can. And it's 97 years old. It would be a damn shame to have a move. But in terms of, you know, for Packer fans, getting in and getting out at, at Arlington Heights would be a heck of a lot simpler. Yeah. Oh, it'd be much better. So I'm yeah. all for it. All for yeah. it. Yeah. So that's your betting lines. Uh, I'll say. Guys you know, are a winner, man. But you, we don't have the lines this week, but feel free to email Mike Miller for that link. The link that he will send you opens up the possibility of having free weekend stays at the Packers Therapy Hotel and Casino. Oh. And uh, you can get that link from Mike by sending him an email at mintnomiller at gmail.com. That's M-I-T-N-O-O. Wait, we won. 
what was that email address again, Chris? Uh, do we want to save this for our special podcast coming up, or do you want to do it now, Dave? You're all right, the, well, you're, all right. you're the boss here. All right, I'll, 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 we'll save it for next week. M-I-T-N-O-M-I-L-L-E-R at gmail.com, and uh, he'll send you the link, and then you can play with all the other fun fun people that we have on here. So uh, kick Guy out of, the, out of the hotel and enjoy it next week. But I don't know what the, wonder what the hotel room will look like once Guy's gotten a hold of it. That's... That could be well, pretty interesting. I can I can tell you one thing. Uh, now I'm sure things have changed greatly. I did not go over for the game, you know, uh, this year. But when Bill and I, you know, were 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 rooming together in Acton, 1981, I can tell you, uh, central heating was just a rumor uh, in London in those in those days. Um, so the good news, guy, is that you'll be in the desert. It's hot there. Uh, you won't have to worry about it being cold. Uh, you won't have to worry about any air conditioning either. Uh, so so you have that to look forward to. It'll give you kind of a – well, in fact, the food service, um, you know, will be very much the same as you're used to eating in uh, England. Right. So Milk yeah. is warm. Yeah. 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 No yeah. ice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And as, just like the beer, it'll it'll, it'll be warm, yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, but that uh, that also keeps it in business because we don't have to spend any money on electricity for, you know, heating and cooling and that kind of stuff. I right. mean, that's all that's just a frill. It's oh, it's oh, a right. fad. It's a fad that's going to pass. You know, yeah. <laughs> that's right. All right. So where are we now? Well, we could uh, do a little pop culture if you've got anything. I was thinking about that. I think my uh, week has, I finished up uh, White Lotus season one, which was yeah. turned out to be really interesting and fun. I highly uh, recommended that. I started a new show called Fleischman in Trouble. Yeah, which, I've uh, heard good things about that. Yeah, I think it's kind of an interesting uh, kind of show. I, um, I thought it was more serious, but it seems like it's more of kind of a half drama mm -hmm. half comedy mm -hmm. uh kind of situation so uh but what it's been taking a lot of my time and i haven't mentioned a video game in a while which i know that you can turn off your headphones if you want for a second i have been playing for <laughs> yeah that uh i've been just playing kidding. this just kidding. game called elden ring which is a uh it's a game that is super hard but i am just about finished with it uh, it is anyone that understands or plays PlayStation stuff, Xbox, I guess, I don't think it's just, play, maybe it's PlayStation only. Um, it, these are, uh, within the family of dark soul games, they're called. This is not something a man who's 53 years old should be spending any time on. <laughs> I should be well, uh, doing other endeavors that are much more productive, but this game is so hard that I, I can't not play it and finish it because it, the, the hardness of it makes it what, I don't want to even finish that sentence. The the fact that it's difficult, uh, <laughs> that it's so difficult makes it so attractive to play. So uh, anyone that understands the hardness that. during uh, our special podcast for the patrons now. <laughs> so uh, I would love to know if anyone out there has ever played and finished Elden Ring, or am I the only uh, person within any one that can hear this? Uh, if that's true, so um, I think Dr. Klaus might. Give that a shot. It doesn't seem like that's his kind of game, but I know he likes lots of games. But, uh, yeah, that's my pop culture reference for the week. All right. Well, uh, you know, I I am not going to um, – I, I did a pop culture uh, for the patrons, and, you know, I don't want to repeat that here because that wouldn't be fair to the patrons. Um, but I, I will say this. 
Comfort TV. Uh, we have reached December in Wisconsin, and, and I live in central Wisconsin. I think I mentioned I live about 90 miles to the west of Green Bay. Um, it's cold. It's dark. The days are short. And so comfort televisions become, you know, kind of important. So, you know, uh, I, I work from home these days, as a lot of people do. And, you know, at the end of the day, I'll, you know, I'll go downstairs and use the treadmill or we got a, you know, kind of a stationary bike kind of thing. I'll, I'll do one of those things. And then you're really done. It's dark. It's only 6.30, but it feels like it's 9.30. You just want to relax in front of the TV for something. So, you know, for a long time, it would be things like, I don't know, Seinfeld reruns, um, Friends. I think I how many times Big Bang Theory, you know, kind of light comedy kind of things, you know. Well, we've kind of gone a different direction uh, with our comfort viewing recently. Um, we discovered... Well, that that that's a year-round uh, event, Dave. Uh, but again, we're we're saving that for the patrons. So <laughs> again, okay. Yeah, yeah. Any event, um, it turns out Hulu has the entire collection of Criminal Minds, the oh my the, goodness, the Are you serious? serial killer <laughs> program, <laughs> and you know, it is not terribly well written it's not terribly well acted but there's like 300 <laughs> episodes of it is that, is that a cbs show it, it, it i think it it's they brought it back i think it is still cbs yes or paramount whatever yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but it, it's on hulu for some reason um and you know it's we, we we were watching the other day, and you know it's a great thing to have on while you're you know on your computer doing something else or you're reading and you know but it's just sort of on and those same characters were on you know for so long and the plots are so um, uh, cookie cutter formulaic kind of right. you know uh, shows so we've been we've been watching uh, that again I think we had watched a couple of seasons of it when it when it was on and I guess now they've brought it back uh, in a in a kind of a in a variant form of what it used to be and it's there's something about it that I guess it was like when we used to watch um, um, reruns of I, I mentioned the comedies but there's some other kind of um, True Blood, I think we're watching again for a while. Wow. Well, that's a very yeah. different type of show, but yeah. Yeah, you know, but I mean, it was the same kind of thing, though, where something about it was just, you kind of knew it was going to happen. It was going to be cheap, you know, cheap thrills. Uh, the writing maybe wasn't going to be the best in the world, but it was going to be compelling. The actors were, you know, not unpleasant to look at, that kind of thing. So, you know, if you're looking to have something on as a distraction in the back, any of the shows that I've mentioned uh, are probably good, but none of them, well, maybe the comedies, you know, Seinfeld, although that's kind of aged, not the best, these, you know. Well, it's it's if you grew up with that. it, it's, it's wonderful, right? It, I refer yeah. to it at least once a day. But if you are, you know, you grew up then with The Office and now, you know, the comedies continue to get better and better. It's hard to watch that first season of Seinfeld and think oh, it's funny. It's, it, it is really. Yeah, I, I saw it not long ago. And I, you're right. It's like this. Is this the same show I remember? You know, right, right. And the answer is no, it's not really because it, it, it changed as it went on. 
and people's tastes have changed too. You know, have uh, in, in terms of you know what is funny and what's considered funny, and the language people use, and all that, all that sort of thing. Um, I would think probably now Curb Your Enthusiasm is probably a better watch now these days. Yeah, that would be. But whatever, if you think Curb is funny, you, that's what Seinfeld was at the time. Right. It was exactly. That. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I, I just, can I, yeah. uh, can I, at sure. the CBS show, yeah. I just have to, and I might have told this story once before. Uh, my in laws came and visited, and they would watch all those hour drama CBS shows. And there was like a Texas Walker was one. Uh, uh, it was, it's, it's Walker, Texas Ranger. I think. Oh, that's right. Right. Uh, and then they had like a, uh, uh, a few other detective shows, but you know, they're all hour shows with commercials mm-hmm. or 40 minutes. So you have to come up with the, the problem, the murder, the, the the investigation, and the solving within 40 minutes, right? Now, you know, we're spoiled in Netflix where you do that over eight episodes. Exactly. Uh, yeah, can, yeah. But eight so, one-hour episodes, too. Yeah. yeah, right. Full hour. No commercials. Yeah, right. right. Exactly. So you, can, you can let it breathe some. Well, <laughs> there is no breathing in these shows. I forget the uh, show. It was the detective was uh, an Asian-American, like a big man, and he it was a police department guy, whatever. Well, whatever. It, they they started the the problem was uh, someone was on their balcony and they were shot by a sniper, and uh, so they go to the What's apartment. It? Was it Martin Luther King Jr.? <laughs> oh, too, oh, no. it's it's probably it's probably too soon. Sorry. Yes, yes, of course. Oh my. Uh, anyway, so this man who was on the balcony he got sniped, and so they go to investigate and they look across to the building across. They go look at that window there. Uh, it could have came from there. So they go over to the building and they knock on the guy's door and they say, hey. Did you shoot a guy across the way? He's like, no. <laughs> so they go back to the police department and some other hijinks are going on from previous whatever. And they go, hey, I have another question for that guy. Let's go back and ask some question. They go like, hey, it's us again. Did you seriously not shoot that guy? He runs <laughs> away. They catch him. And they and then, then that's the end where they pause and then the, the credits roll or whatever. And, I, and my uh, in-laws were like, wasn't that great? And I decided I said, do you realize what that there's no solving anything? They just asked them twice. That was how they solved the murder. Like and well, sometimes, uh, Dave, that's what it takes. You, you got to ask twice. Right. Are you sure you didn't kill him? Yeah, it's uh, oh, I it, forgot I did kill him. I'm sorry. Well, that <laughs> that my bad. Up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm I'm sorry. I was confused with by the question. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Uh, so yeah, those I, I I I to get to watch a CBS hour show uh, back in those days. Now I think some of the Paramount stuff now that they uh, are competing against with good TV. I think they're actually coming out with some. Sylvester Stallone is out with a new show, uh, which I hear is not great, but Sylvester Stallone is always great. So. I think that's a Paramount show. So there's some interesting things maybe CBS has had, but not back in those days. Uh, um, uh, Comfort maybe, but comfort like, uh, well, sort of like Buffalo Wild Wings food is comfort food, I suppose, right? It's it's comfortable, but it sucks. (laughs) Well, but there is breaking news, bad news, sad news in the pop culture world. Kirstie Alley has died. Uh, really? 71 years old. Yeah, she died of cancer. I didn't know she was 71. But again, you know, when you think of Cheers, you know, you'd be kind of locked, you know, in in that particular time period. So, yeah, she um, – yeah. yeah. That's damn shame. Uh, 11 years she was on? 
Uh, yeah. Cheers. I didn't realize that either, but yeah, so she uh, she has she has passed away, but she was a notable pop culture figure in the '80s and '90s, and uh, no longer with us. But somebody who is with us, and I have to acknowledge this before we wrap up here. Thank you, Judy Freeman. Got us to us right away after the game uh as always uh thank you very much for your email we look forward to win or lose we look forward to hearing from the freemans uh so we do appreciate that judy so that's what i have dave what about you you have any anything any benediction pastor you want to leave us with no i'm uh, looking to a, a, a goodbye week uh i don't know if i'll watch a ton of football um Maybe I will. I oh, I just real quick. I did look at the playoff calculator. Oh yes. And just real Thank quick, yeah, I, I, I forgot. Bury the lead here. Uh, it so first of all, if the Packers lose the Rams. There's no scenario. The calculator you can go to every game when the Giants play the Redskins again, or the Commanders again, uh, <laughs> Seattle plays whoever. You can like pick and choose all those. Even if Carolina beats Seattle and all, you you pick every upset against the. If the Packers lose the Rams, I think there is they are done. How now, if they lose to the Dolphins, I did find a scenario where they could make the playoffs if they lose to the Dolphins. So if they lose one more game, but it's in the AFC, it's it's a very slim chance. But there was a scenario where they could uh, win. And I think we have to, like, severely cheer against Seattle's who are cheering against. So if you wanted something to do, I think we want to all cheer against Seattle. Uh, maybe someone else won't know all this better, but I just thought it was interesting. Uh I, th- I assume the Packers have to win four straight, but that's it's actually not true. They just have to. There's a way they could actually make the playoffs if they lose to Miami. So yeah, but I, I you know, I, even if they win out, though, it sounds like it, it's going to be real tough. Um, yeah. I think did I I wrote to you about I think it was 35 for if, if they win out. Uh, their chances of making the postseason are 35 percent. That's with a nine and eight record. Well, and but there were like, you know, I went through all the games and this calculator was amazing. It was in The New York Times that it would kind of highlight games that would matter, that would change the percentage. And so I actually went through the, all those games and uh, and and picked who I thought would win. And if, you know, Dallas's keep winning and, you know, the good teams beat the bad teams. It actually goes up from 35% to the Packers making the playoffs. I mean, it's it. So there'd have to be some upsets in there, obviously to bring that percentage down. But um, th- I, there was a, there's a path that they went out. There's no question. Um, so it does make the whole thing of like, should Aaron Rodgers play or, Aaron, or Jordan love? I figured it was 2%, maybe 3%. No, I mean, it's 2%, uh, w- but with a relatively reasonable play out scenario, I could share with you. Chris, um, they make it. They could make it. So I think we have to cheer against Seattle and maybe like the, the Giants and the Commanders. Like I, we need to start seeing some of those teams go down. Well, you know, I'm just going to, you know, cheer for a win week to week. It sounds like the Rams are a team that is beatable. This is a team that went all in last year. It worked out for them great. Uh, but now they're experiencing, you know, what happens in the wake of that kind of thing. They lost their quarterback. Uh, Matthew Stafford is, I believe he's done for the season now. Yeah, well, we won't uh, play against the Packers. So, yeah. Yeah. So I just want to see him win week to week, you know, and it, once the playoffs are off the table, then let's, let's see what Jordan loves got. Let's see more Zach Tom, you know, Zach Tom played pretty well against a 
kind of a crappy defense, but he played pretty well. And I'd like to see more of him, uh, you know, more of the young linebackers and all that kind of stuff to kind of get them ready for next year. More Nixon, more Ford. I don't know, maybe more Carter and Reagan too. I don't know, but we'll, we'll, we'll get the presidents on the field and just see what they have and get themselves ready for next year. Uh, but right now, by week coming up, uh, you patrons, we're going to have a, um, have a podcast for you and we'll come back with a betting lines exclusive podcast. We'll have that for you early next week. So if you are among the, what do we have there? Two, two score, um, uh, pay, uh, they're not patrons. They're gambling degenerates. Right. The people playing the betting lines, uh, we will have that for you. So look for your podcast feed and we will have that for you coming up. So, Let's uh, let's pack it in. <laughs> You're right. They're packing in. Oh, my That's God. That's hilarious. Yeah, I know. Boy, I have just you would never guess it's 1030 at night. No, you get no. better as you go along. Yeah, it's you really, really it's amazing. Do. Yeah. If you know, you you put a couple of edibles in the end, the next thing you know, you're making bad puns, you know. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that's going to do it. Packers win. Uh, 28-19, beat the Bears and everything else that went along with it. That was all nice and fun. Now we get a bye week. Then the Rams coming up in two weeks. Uh, we're going to be back, though, next week with a little uh, a little tease podcast in between. But until that time, I'm Chris. I'm Dave. And that's Packers Therapy. I'm Chris. And I'm Dave. And that's Packers Therapy.